0: this is a throwdown a showdown hell no rob fay nation can't slow down it's gonna go well good morning everybody or good afternoon depending on when you download this podcast i am rob Faye. welcome to sportsmar radio it's your friday edition it is the 27th day of august little rainy where I am but you know what every time I see rain or at least over the last couple of weeks I've had absolutely unequivocally no problem with it because I know that that is helping the firefighters and the forest fires throughout our province and in this region so let it rain as far as I'm concerned I know you people with the bikinis are out there with the six packs are probably saying come on man I want a couple more weeks of summer but I think I'm okay with a couple of days of rain All right, we've got a lot to get to on this show. We are going to talk about the upcoming Ryder Cup. We're going to talk about a little NHL. Jack Eichel went out and got himself a very big agent, same guy that represents Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson, as in Pat Brisson. And we're going to tell you why that is probably finally going to be the laxative that is needed between the Buffalo Sabres organization and Jack Eichel. We will get into the world of baseball, where the Toronto Blue Jays continue to sink. Seattle continues to have visions of the postseason and so many more stories around the game of baseball but first let me get you to that one story it's a little prickly this morning let me get you to that one story that rises above them all let me get you to the lead
1: we've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you okay well let's be honest Rob picks most of the stories so maybe they matter more to him anyways pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today
0: okay so I don't know if you saw this earlier this week but Canada at one of these international events the women's basketball team gets matched up against Costa Rica and beats them 112 to 25 that was a final score between two countries national teams 112 to 25 and the reason that I bring this up isn't to say how lopsided it was but just that you can't have these kind of games when you have a team that is so far behind what another team is what another country is I just don't think that grows the sport like what Costa Rica goes back and licks their wounds from an 85 point loss or whatever it is. I mean i remember working at the world baseball classic both i actually i was there two times i was there in 2009 and again for the qualifier in i think it was 2013 2014 anyways so i was working for south africa the south africa baseball union in the time that i was there i realized the flaws in that tournament as much as the industry wanted to grow that game as much as they wanted to bring the world together and call it a global event There were clearly teams and countries that weren't ready to be there. South Africa was one of those countries. The Philippines was one of those countries. There were several countries that you just knew couldn't be there because their country just hadn't developed the game to the level where they could compete on the world stage. Now, that's not a knock, and I understand why baseball wanted to do it. In addition to it being global, you wanna make sure that these countries have a chance to measure themselves against the best. But I mean, let me let me clear this up before we get on to the basketball and all the other sports. The reason that that particular tournament rubs me the wrong way is because a lot of these countries, Israel, Spain, they don't have a lot of people from that native country. What they have are players on that team that happen to have lineage, be it through a grandparent or a parent who grew up in that country so they get to utilize that passport Or that citizenship and get to play for that country for example the philippines doesn't have anybody from the philippines there's nobody from cebu or boracay there's nobody from manila they're all from california half of israel hell 80 90 percent of team israel at the world baseball classic were kids from new york or the united states so are you growing the game or are you just slapping a country's logo on the front of the jersey to make it look like you're an international tournament that for me was the problem i mean don't get me wrong canada struggles as well the netherlands is upstart they're always a great story and it usually ends up being the same suspects venezuela dominican united states but i just don't see the benefit of having these young formative countries like south africa in baseball and Costa Rica in women's basketball, taking on these powerhouses that just absolutely shit kick you to the point where it's probably bad for your country. I don't see how there's a lot of people waking up in Costa Rica this week saying, boy, I can't wait to sign up for the girls' basketball program so that I can help them only lose my 65 or 70 next game. Like, I know that's unfair. I know what I'm saying right now is not fair to the next generation, or it's not even fair to the team that went out there and got boot kicked. But I just think if you're trying to grow the game, I've always loved how the English Premiership does it and how European soccer does it, where if you're the best at your division, you go up. If you're the worst at your division, you go down, and that's the way it goes. Now, the World Baseball Classic does have a qualifier that sifts through some of those countries that clearly aren't ready to go. But I also think that they've got work to do making sure that if you're from Israel, you are from Israel. And that maybe there's a tournament for them. And maybe they don't sniff the main tournament, but at least they have an opportunity. And I know what you're thinking, well, that's what the qualifier is. But what I'm saying is create an entire brand where they get the opportunity to play, to cultivate, to develop. And if you're baseball, you got the money to do this. And have them truly compete in a way that allows them to get better. I think putting that 16 seed against a one seed is good for the March Madness tournament, but it's not good for international sport. It's not good when you see a team get boat run by 60, 70, 80 points. If anything, it makes the highlights. It's laughable. It's not enjoyable. Sponsors for that country that got kicked in the teeth don't like it. Organization presidents and God knows what the athletes are probably feeling on the court, on the pitch, on the diamond as they get run around ragged. I just think if you're trying to build the sport, I'm okay with a premiership styled system where you either tear up or you tear down but very rarely does somebody from the third division get an opportunity to play somebody from the first division. It just doesn't happen when the chips are on the table. I th- Again, I feel terrible for Costa Rica. Congrats to Canada. That basketball game was what it was. And to the World Baseball Classic, I'm sorry to use you as an example for what you're not, but I just think when the passport situation becomes a bunch of kids from New York playing for Israel or a bunch of kids from California playing for the Philippines, it kind of defeats the purpose. Sure, They get to wear Philippines and Israel on the front of their jersey and they get to represent their family's lineage and maybe there's a feel-good story there. But it's nothing that's helping grow the game back in those native countries. It's just not. It's a bunch of Americans that are getting into a tournament that they probably don't deserve to be in anyway. But they get into it because somebody in their family came from that country. Or has a passport or documentation from that country and that's good enough for major league baseball as they try to grow their global brand all right let's get to the rest of the sports I, i'm sorry i started with something negative we've got a lot of good things that are coming our way any w1 sold out by the way i just have to throw that in there really quickly uh, yes my little wrestling company with chris perry not so little anymore we're picking up steam and things are happening and it's uh maybe something i'll circle back on before this show is done but there was a report out there that ronaldo might be heading back to man united in the cfl edmonton doesn't look like they're gonna be back on the field anytime soon more players testing positive for covid 19 and on the links brooks kopka bryson dechambeau agreeing that they will stop feuding ahead of the upcoming Ryder cup like i said we got a lot of things to get to and we store all of these stories in one place let me get you to the vip room
1: you knew tonight was going to be a good night didn't you Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time, so get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the dj can pull out the vinyl for his next set welcome to the vip room room.
0: okay so let's start and wrap up the baseball talk i know that we were talking about the world baseball classic before we got to big sounder but toronto blue jays right now coming off a loss a series split with the chicago white Sox. not the worst case scenario considering that chicago is clearly the best team in the American League Central Toronto Blue Jays waking up 12 and a half games out of first they are still technically in the wildcard conversation but at 66 and 60 the offense fluttering right now a lot of people wondering what they can do to charge this team with about 40 games to go I don't see it happening as far as I'm concerned there's too many teams that are playing good baseball right now in those top two spots for the wild card and there's now a couple of teams that they got to leap over and unless something dramatically changes, for example, getting George Springer back, uh, having Ryu and Barrios and everybody else just all of a sudden start to pitch gems, it can't just be Robbie Ray, then I think this team's looking to 2022. And that's unfortunate because I've been a big fan of the Blue Jays and the reference this year. Seattle Mariners, while well, they're still hanging around in the conversation, six and four in their past 10, three and a half games out of the final wildcard spot that is held by the Boston Red Sox right now problem right now for the Mariners is the pitching. They have a plus-minus run differential this season of minus 58, and yet they're still in the conversation. Toronto Blue Jays, in that plus-minus category that nobody looks at but me, is a plus 113. So nearly 70 runs difference, and yet Seattle is two games clear of Toronto for that final wildcard spot in the American League. And you got to assume that New York's going to take one of those for sure. They've won 12 games in a row the Yankees are as hot as they've been in a decade so really you're looking at one wild card spot and that is Boston right now trying to fend off Oakland who's two and a half back Seattle who's three and a half back and Toronto who is hanging by a thread five and a half games back but they got a leapfrog over a couple of teams and I just think they're simply running out of runway. Well, Los Angeles Dodgers got a little bit of a boost of their own. Mookie Betts back in the lineup with the Dodgers after missing 16 games. That's the good news. The bad news is pitching ace Trevor Bowers' administrative leave has now extended through September the 3rd. You got to wonder if his season isn't, in fact, done. Speaking to the Dodgers, they shut down the Padres. Dodgers completing a three game sweep behind the arm of Max Serger, who pitched seven and two thirds of fantastic baseball to win his eighth straight decision. The Dodgers are as hot as a pistol right now, 9-1 in their past 10, winners of three in a row, and yet they can't make up ground on the Giants, who have won five in a row. San Francisco is 83-44. and 44. I did not see that team anywhere near this conversation this year, but I also didn't expect San Diego to be 16 games out of first place. San Diego who had that humongous offseason that some thought were about to go to the World Series with Fernando Tatis and company. They've lost four in a row, 2-8 and in their past 10, and are just, they're done. I mean, yeah, they're right in the wildcard conversation two games back at Cincinnati, but I just don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it with everything spiraling out of control right now in Southern California. Wildcard was a good thing, wasn't it? All right, to the Ice and Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet reporting that Jack Eichel has decided he's going to get new representation and he's going with one of the big dogs, Pat Bersaw of CAA Sports. He's going to be the new representation, the new voice for Jack Eichel as he tries to get out of Buffalo. But let's remember that Eichel is currently injured. They both agree that surgery is required and that it is a specific procedure that really is the point of contention here. So you've got a new agent who's going to try to make a move with an injured player who's been disgruntled for some time that has gone to social media and said how disgruntled he is. You need the super agent Paperson to get it done because I can assure you this is going to be one of the more difficult decisions for opposing teams to make. Do they take a chance on Eichel? What will he look like in his return? How bad is this injury? How long will he be away? What's the price tag long term on Jack Eichel? I don't know if there's a deal to be done. I just don't know how you get a deal like that done considering the circumstances at hand well Thomas Drantz of the Athletic in Vancouver coming out with an article that had some pretty decent quotes from Bo Horvat the captain of the Vancouver Canucks and it's amazing to me how his comments have been digested more easily than those of Elias Petterson's from about a month ago one of the questions from Thomas Drantz was quote how much does this season mean to you personally in terms of wanting to see that team make some progress as in the Vancouver Canucks He said, quote, this is Bo Horvat, I've been on this team, this will be my eighth year coming up, which is crazy, and I want to be in the playoffs. I don't want to go through the motions in the regular season and be done in April. I want to be playing in the playoffs. I think it's the best time to play, and when I find I take my game to the next level, and I think we have the team here to get there. We just have to go prove it now. Enough is enough. We can talk all we want. At the end of the day, we have to go out there and prove it on the ice. A little bit different than saying that he wants to play for a winning organization yet very similar to what Elias Pedersen said yet digested in two completely different ways. And what I will say right now as the Elias Pedersen situation winds its way towards September, still unsigned, a lot of people saying don't worry this is going to get done and they're going to try to figure out a number that works for both sides. Look, Elias Pedersen is going to get done. If there hasn't been an offer sheet by now, I really can't see there being an offer sheet. It, It does happen. But I just don't think it's going to happen with Elias Pettersson. So I do think that Vancouver's got enough runway to land this plane. The question is term, and the question is what Elias Pettersson will Canuck fans be getting for this 2021-2022 season. Remember, last season was marred with injuries. You had the COVID situation. I just, was, I really believe that we got Elias at about 50-60 percent. And I think if he comes back inspired, don't worry about the weight, don't worry about the muscles, the fat content, all that stuff. It's going to be just fine. The question is, will he be that guy that we fell in love with in his rookie season? It's tough to do. It's tough to recapture that magic. But I think one sexy goal from Elias Petterson and all will be well in Canuck Nation. Well, to the links, and we can all rest a little easy, it seems as if Brooks Kopka is going to get along with Bryson DeChambeau at the upcoming Ryder Cup. Kopka saying, quote, I can deal with anybody in the world for a week. <laughs> Isn't that something? Uh, it's been one of those things that's been ongoing for several months right now, and now you're getting ready for the 149th British Open at Royal St. George's over in Sandwich, England, and that's a tournament onto its own. But then everybody started to wonder about what was going to happen at the Ryder Cup, where DeShambo said he wouldn't even mind being paired with Kopka. He says, quote, I think it'd be kind of funny, actually. I think we'd do well, to be honest. It would create a little interesting vibe for the team and for the guys that we're playing against. So Kopka says he could play with anybody for one week. DeShambo looking forward to it. I, and I know that the TV gods pray that that happens as well, because that would be must-watch TV. By the way, Dustin Johnson and Paulina Gretzky finally locking in a wedding date. I had thought they'd been married for years. What do I know? All right, news from the pitch overseas. Cristiano Ronaldo looks like he's on his way back to Man United. This coming out from Man United's official website where they say, quote, welcome home, Cristiano. It was reported earlier that the 36-year-old forward told Juventus that he wanted to leave the club. The Athletic reporting that the fee is $15 million plus another $8 million in add-ons. Ronaldo played for Man United from 2003 to 2009. He scored 118 goals over 292 games. He's also played for Real Madrid and then again most recently with Juventus in Serie A. 32 major trophies, seven league titles, five UEFA Champions Leagues. The kid from Portugal has won five Ballon d'Ors in his career and finally to the canadian football league edmonton is going through it they've had more players test positive for covid 19. the total is 14. since the team returned from a game last week against the bc lions two more reports coming on wednesday all quote tier one members of the team nobody has been identified as an affected player but yes players coaches and staff all remaining in isolation at home and to have their tests taken daily Farhan Lalji of TSN saying yesterday that it was another day of zero positive tests for the BC Lions as the CFL is watching the Lions side of things closely considering that they played against Edmonton. According to the CFL protocols, if a game is cancelled due to COVID-19 and it can't be rescheduled, the club that was suffering from the COVID-19 issues will forfeit a 1-0 loss. If both squads have COVID-19, each will forfeit the game and both be assigned losses. All right, let's take our break here. Uh, It has been a very big week when it comes to the local indie wrestling scene. I know what you're saying. Don't talk about wrestling. Don't talk about wrestling. I'm not going to talk necessarily about wrestling on the other side of the break, but what I am going to tell you is how you can take nothing and make it into something. I'm Rob Fain. You're listening to Sports Bar Radio, presented to you as always by Equity Guru. We'll be back on the other side.
1: You're listening to Sports Bar Radio with Rob Fay. Brought to you by Equity Guru. Equity Guru, investment information for millennials and madmen.
0: This segment is brought to you by me and my new enterprise, Nation Extreme Wrestling. Hey, what would happen if a wrestling mark from way back decided that he was going to start his own wrestling promotion here at home and have some of the most talented wrestlers in North America hang out with him? Well, tell you what, you can follow our journey at www.nationextremewrestling.com and stay tuned for show dates in the coming months.
1: Welcome back to Sports Bar Radio with host Rob Fay, brought to you by Equity.Guru.
0: Okay, welcome back to your Friday edition of Sports Bar Radio, the 27th day of August. Yes, kids go back to school next week. Isn't that something? My son just graduated high school, so it's kind of weird for him to look at this schedule right about where we are right now on the calendar and realize that he does not go back to high school. In a week, that he is now in the real world and that shit gets real. But uh, it's kind of neat to see that transition. My daughter's going into grade 12, so she's got one more kick of the can. And she is probably most concerned about uh, grad and all the things that my son didn't get last year because of the COVID protocols and things that were in place. It's a heartbreaking time. I mean, I will say this, in my grade 11 and 12 year, I looked forward to that. That final year was a big deal because then you got to skip the odd class. Then you knew that you're going to have a party at the end of the year. There were road trips. You got a chance to just feel like the big kid in the school for once and uh, feel like the last year or two, many kids across North America, around the world probably, have been gypped of that experience that a lot of us are, uh, are pretty fond of from back in the day. All right, so I wanted to bring this up because I've had a lot of people say, wow, what an interesting week you've had, and I've had a couple of guys in the media reach out to me, a couple of my old friends, and they've said, I cannot believe that you started a wrestling company, and that within one day, one day, you sold out your first event. Uh, I will say this, there has been a lot of support from places that I don't think Chris Perry or I were expecting, like other... Promotions within the Lower Mainland Gorgeous Michelle Starr over at ASW Wrestling Which is All-Star Wrestling Probably the most noted in the region Cobra Kai Wrestling has been fantastic to us Even some of the states have reached out I've had people from over on the island reach out A lot of people just offering their support And offering a helping hand And it's made me realize that As much as you see these different promotions From the island or the interior Or down to Washington State Or some in the Lower Mainland They're all in it together and the wrestlers actually work in a lot of these different promotions. There's not a lot of exclusivity because you go where the opportunity is. Not a, not every week can a promotion host an event. Usually they're doing it like once every six weeks or, I don't know, eight weeks. But it has been inspiring to do this whole promotion thing and realize that you're not alone. Because realistically, Chris Perry and I, Chris Perry is uh, the guy that I mention every day here as the sponsor of this show with Equity Guru who reached out about a month and a half ago and said, you want to do something with wrestling. We didn't expect this. I will say that when we first started this whole wrestling journey, that we were simply looking to do a television show, that we wanted to do this co- this competitive television show where we bought wrestlers from all across the Lower Mainland and all across British Columbia together, and they competed for an opportunity to receive, quote, the shot. So as we were starting to map out the TV show, we realized, well, one of the things that we don't have is footage. (laughs) We don't have a lot of footage of these wrestlers because a lot of these promotions that they work for don't shoot it from a visual standpoint. And if they do, it's with a camera that's not necessarily enough for a a, a production that we're looking to accomplish. So we figured, shit, we'll just put a a couple of wrestling matches together very quickly, get some of that, quote, B-roll footage, and then we'll kind of, you know, fade to black and, and go and produce this show. It is, I don't want to say it's been a 180 turn, but it is definitely presented new opportunities. And Chris Perry, who has done very well at Equity Guru, has basically said, you know, we got to ride this wave. And I said, man, we do, because it's a really neat wave to be on. So how it all happened, and you got to remember something here. We started with zero. We started with zero knowledge. We had our own backgrounds, me with the minor league baseball team of the Vancouver Canadians. Chris Perry's been doing stuff with the Vancouver Sun, the province, and eventually branched out and started his own business. So we did have that acumen, but wrestling, you would assume it's its own beast. But we have looked at each other two or three times over this process and said, boy, this feels really familiar. For minor league baseball players, it's a lot of long nights on the bus, it's a lot of grinding from city to city to city, and that's essentially the same thing that wrestlers do. Whether they're heading to Campbell River, they're down to Seattle for a show, they're up to Kelowna for a show, and they're racing across the Pacific Northwest trying to make as many dates as possible so they, they can make a couple of bucks more than anything, do what they love. So I get it. It makes a lot of sense to me, and I've been able to connect with some wrestlers just based on the fact that I understand that language. And Chris Perry has been so good at saying, okay, well, let's price this, and let's go out and make sure that we're not just, you know, looking the fool. That we're actually going to run this like an operation. We're going to pay our wrestlers well, and we're going to treat them like pros, and it has been extremely well-received. But again, talk is cheap. Our first event was set for September 11th, and lo and behold, it sells out in one day one day we sold out an entire venue to the point that later on today we're going to create a second show which we assume will sell out as well we've got some of the hottest talent in the pacific northwest and it's even garnered the interest of people back east to the point that we're probably bringing out one of the best well we are but he's considered by some to be the best independent wrestler in the country speedball mike bailey coming out with his wife, Veda Scott, and they're both gonna wrestle. They might wrestle multiple times, we're not sure yet, but they're in, and they're coming. They're on a plane September the 10th, and they're gonna be here in Vancouver for our show. So imagine this, two dudes, They were simply looking to create a wrestling card so that they can get some extra footage for a documentary. Now, with two potentially sold out shows, the best wrestlers in Canada all coming together. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, We're having a booking conversation the other day. So what happens is a couple of the wrestlers, Chris Perry and myself, we sit down at a table. We look at all the wrestlers that are available to us that are, you know, available on September the 11th. And then we build matches and we say okay well this is a storyline for this this would be a good match because they're similar this guy's a little green so let's put him with a veteran so he can guide him through the match and and you build a card based on a number of different things but at one point i can't remember if it was nicole matthews or who it was but one of them said are you in this for the long haul i think it was tony baroni who looked at me and said are you guys in this just for one or two or are you in this for the long haul and chris perry and i didn't even blink because we knew what we had kind of stumbled upon. And we're like, nah, we want to build this into a regular promotion. And whether it's me and Chris at the end of the day that's running it, who knows? But we wanted to build a model that other organizations could look at and say, okay, well that we can get there. There's a standard that can be met because there's a lot of hours that go into it. There's no doubt about it. And I look at the promotions that I've been following for years in the Pacific Northwest, uh, formerly ECCW, You know, they'd be at the Saberton, you know, Lodge, or they'd be at these small venues like the Russian Community Center on 4th Avenue. And great venues, good enough for a couple hundred people. Basically, the wrestlers show up, they put their t-shirts out so that, you know, people buy some merch. Or, you know, some of the wrestlers put out 8 by 10s that are signed, and everybody makes their small cut, and away they go. And that's cool. Like, again, I'm not taking anything away from that. But I think it was really neat opportunity-wise when me and Chris Perry looked at each other and said, well, what if we did this? What if we got a bigger venue, like a different venue, a more modern venue? And what if we did things like cater dinner for them and pay them more and you know, give them a training room where they can prep before their match so that they're not doing it on the bathroom floor? It's all doable. Like that's the one thing that I think I've been satisfied with almost as much as anything else is the fact that, none of the things that Chris Perry and I have taken on have been beyond reach. And it's not because we have money, because we don't, but it's because we asked and people were willing to accept. I mean, I've reached out to wrestlers, former WWE wrestlers, and I can't name them right now because I think we're coming close to Locking in some pretty big names. I do, I don't want the older names. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to bring in some superstars and pay respects to them. But I want young. I want exciting. I want the future of wrestling coming through NEW. If they're associated with Nation Extreme Wrestling, I want them to be on the cusp of stardom or right where they need to be. It's crazy to me that this can be done. And it's crazy to me that the response we've gotten has been so positive. It has been overwhelming. Like, Really inspiring. And I don't know if this has to do with us coming out of COVID. I know that our fans are going to have to wear masks. I know they're going to ask them for vaccination cards. I know that our wrestlers are going to have to do rapid COVID tests upon arrival. Like, there's a lot of things that don't make this show a, quote, normal show. But when you can bring out guys like, you know, Speedball Mike Bailey, Artemis Spencer, Tony Baroni, Fergie, Daniel McCabe, and then you've got female wrestlers who are just as good – Nicole Matthews, Veda Scott. I mean, the best part about this is we still have probably 40% of our roster not even on this card. Like, we haven't even got into the Ray Avant Slashers and the Miles DeVilles and the Eli Surges of the world. I mean, there's still a whole nother layer. I mean, we got Sloan, we got Casey Spinelli, we've got all these people that are itching to get onto one of our cards and this is what it is. It's a lot of trust from the wrestlers into us that we can pull this off. And it's a lot of trust from us that we've gone out and gotten the right wrestlers who are going to share the brand and, and make it what it is. It has been awesome. So last thing I will say on this before we wrap up today's episode of Sports Bar Radio, anything is possible, man. Like anything is possible. I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine, Angie Peters, yesterday. I was getting ready to do an and event for them in early September. Yes, just days before NEW1. And she says, what you been up to? Because I hadn't seen her in a while. And I said, grab a seat. This might take a while (laughs) because the last time we had spoke, I'd been working as the communications guy and the broadcaster for the Vancouver Canadians. So I walked her through my departure from the Canadians, the demise of TSN 1040, me taking barbering school, a couple of days working on the scaffolding at a construction site. I mean, so many different things. That led to the podcast with Chris Perry and Equity Guru to this conversation that I'm having with you. Getting ready for a sold out event in Richmond on September the 11th. But you just keep pedaling. You just keep pushing, keep swimming, and eventually you will find your way back up to the surface. It's been awesome. I've been so inspired by this last year. It was challenging, man. Four nights a week for four hours every night going to barbering school. It was surreal. And nobody at barbering school gave a shit about anything I'd done. Nobody cared about the sports background. Nobody cared about any of that stuff, which I actually think I needed. Because after 14 years with the Vancouver Canadians, you kind of get used to being Rob Fay, Vancouver Canadians. So to go and just be Rob you know, the young student cutting mannequins' heads where nobody cared about TSN, nobody cared about the Canadians. I needed that. And and it helped me transition to this new career path that I've taken. So it's all good. It can be done. And even if COVID has kind of put you in a bit, a bit of a weird headspace, stick with it, man, because I promise you good things lie ahead. Alright, let's wrap this up. My thanks to Chris Perry as I mentioned every show. My thanks to Jay Swing, my producer extraordinaire, brother from another mother. My thanks to Galen. Galen has really stepped up this week. There's been a couple of tripwires that have been kind of laid out in the grass and I would have clipped every single one of them. Galen has been so good at sifting through all of the little minute details of this show and making sure that it's polished and ready to go. So Galen, if you're listening, thank you specifically for this particular week. It's been awesome. Uh, my thanks to Hassan, JP Chung, and the e Faceable Priscilla Choi. I will be back with you on Monday, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of news waiting for both you and I, so let's share it when we do get back together, all right? Have yourself a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay dry. Not too dry, but more than anything, just uh, be safe, and let's meet in a couple of days. I'm Rob Fidd. This has been Sports Bar Radio, your Friday edition. Take care.
1: Sports Bar Radio was brought to you by Equity Guru, investment information for the new generation. Visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together. Please note any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision. Protect yourself.